All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Monitor Keeping Podcast, a very special episode. Uh, it's just me and Kai today, but it is been one year since we started this thing. And honestly, I didn't even I didn't even know it till you posted it, Kai. That uh, yeah, we've been out yeah. a year already, man. Um, luckily, luckily, Facebook reminds us of everything, you know. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't um, I wasn't sure either if it was, and then I just looked that back. I was like, wow, it already has been a year, man. That's and, crazy. Uh, we've got in a fair amount of episodes. Uh, been able to get a few different guests on about several different species. Um, man, and uh, I think the feedback has been very rewarding. Um, even even some of the criticism, too, you know. Um, we, we, we'll take the correct, correct criticism and stuff like that, because we can handle that, you know, and it's uh, it's a good, it's good, it's it's to not always think you're right or how you're doing it is right. Things can have some improvement or whatnot, and that's that's all, that's all for us growing, you know. Yeah. Uh, we don't we don't really know what we're doing, so we're just, uh, two guys here with microphones. Mm. I literally bought a microphone from like Best Buy. I was like, all right, I'm a podcaster now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and then we just got to work, man. You know. Um, yeah, we get weekly, if not almost sometimes daily, between Alan and I, and we just you know share them back and forth and whatnot. Um, yeah, I think I got one earlier earlier today. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was some some artist guy, and uh, he typically does paintings of reptiles and stuff. And he said how uh, what I normally talk about from my monitors, he's been able to imply with his. He's actually just gotten back into keeping monitors so you know how it was back then in the 20s or i mean sorry 20 years ago um, <laughs> in the 20s in 23 actually longer than 20 years ago so yeah. i would say 20 to 30 years ago because you know reptile keeping wasn't really getting popped until like the 90s and 2000s you know um where and even then though husbandry was very bad a lot of knowledge wasn't really accessible um, just styles of keeping, you know, where I can describe it like rabbit pellets and newspaper and, um, yeah. you know, even if it is soil, it's like a very, very low amount. People weren't utilizing that, the large volume, um, like how we kind of talk about now or, or even just like the optimum options that you should have within your enclosure. Right. Um, and so going, going over some of those things there. They may be very small, but they're a whole aspect of your entire enclosure, really, if you put them all together. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So people are able to gather a, a ton from from what we do, man, and it's really rewarding, you know. Yeah, man. It's uh, it, it has been a fun year. We've had some interesting guests. I remember when we first um, got into it, I think we, we were like four or five episodes ahead you know, yeah. we're like, this is gonna work out great. We're gonna Life stay is ahead. Hot of to us, man. Shoot, my, the grasshopper stuff is taken off. The monitor things. I have a full house now, and babies mm-hmm. typically with eggs, and so my stress load is definitely up there. Um, I, I, Alan's too. Alan's got more, more stuff too since we started the podcast as well, and like he's got like a whole indoor section now. So, yeah, um, you know, uh, yeah. I really just have the Kimberleys. And in the mix of all the mangroves, so they do pretty well, you know, they do pretty well. Um, but I've added a ton more coli since we first started as well. I think I added another 
yeah. I don't know, four or five. Um, I recently sent that big female back to Michael that was okay. supposed to check that the killer that was supposed to check my mail, right? Um, but uh, he actually for the first three weeks they were fine, and he wasn't having it. Um, and he actually bit off the last three inches of her tail too. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. so she's the victim number three or four now. Um, yeah, yeah. He's, oh man! Yeah, okay, and what's crazy, right? So he's gotten used to the 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 female that was in there with him, sort of originally, the one that he was locking up with, the one that he broke over, right? Broke over into her enclosure, and so he broke into there last night again, right? Um, I kind of let him, uh, so it's not really. For a while, I had it actually zip tied, like really zip tied up, where he couldn't get over there at all, especially the last, maybe month or two from the clutch that she laid not too long ago right so yeah. she laid i basically cut cut their access um some people might disagree some people might agree but really i don't want her to keep going because i'm not uh I, I i don't know what the, the the scenario is and then i also got in michael cole's so the time frame it's like what it was is i was trying to utilize that big female that mike sent me to check my mail at the same time i could have ruined chances of breeding and I probably did just because of how things. I barely sent that girl back last this last week. So um, this, the, you know, the week that we're finishing up now, I think I sent her back on Tuesday or something like that. Um, and uh, you know, just um, just the whole feng shui of the cage. Well, she really threw it off. Um, yeah, the, they would they would you know charge at each other through the glass. I'm sorry, through the through the mesh, um, and then even through the glass too, because I would be able to carry one and she'd lunge at the female while it's out. Um, and uh, really didn't allow me to just have them do their normal get up, you know, of, of the two original pairs. So when I, when people tell me, oh, I want to do a 1.2, that a, for Aki's sure, maybe okay if your male isn't an egg eater and they get along and there's enough room. But, you know, for the mangrove stuff, I haven't had great success with the third wheel. Um, yeah. And uh, that 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 female, the extra female, threw off a whole lot. Um, where I just wasn't getting the the one on one instances with my my male and the female. So that yeah, was crazy. I had at one point the male and the new big female ended up in the smaller female section, right? Because mm. they, they got through somehow. Um, and then the big female had the, the, the female that I want to breed in her mouth, like her head was wrapped oh, around the ears. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, oh man, no. So I took that female out, the, the smaller, lesser, um, subordinate one that ended, you know, ended up in the mouth of the other one, took it off, washed it up, put her back inside her, her section. And then I zip tied everything. Right. And then, um, this is like super super frantic two in the morning three in the morning type yeah. deal i wake up every middle because my light most of my lamps especially now are on at nighttime and because it's, it's just so hot in the day where it'll it'll flip off offset the, the cages a lot and so man they're uh they were over there she was whipping her ass and my big male was just running around and this cage is not very big at all for the female section it's really just the nesting area 
cornered off, you know, and then it goes mm-hmm. up. Right. It is a pretty large nesting area, so she has a whole lot to do, don't get me wrong, but you know, it's a it's a three by three by two foot tall whole nesting section and then the cage goes up to four foot. So um yeah, and that was that was pretty nuts, man. Uh I just shoot I don't really want to touch my frantic guys too much. There's like a, a relationship now, you know, where if I touch them, they don't do shit for two weeks. And you know, <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. they uh, they have this whole like frantic run around the cage every time, every single time they see me. And then it slowly gets better. It's slow, you know. That's what I right. try to do with the ones that um, um that are you know they they'll defecate right in front of you when you <laughs> walk in the room or. Or right. you know, you, they'll re- even regurge that big male. Um, sorry, he's not even big, but he's an he's old. He's not young at all, but he's a good five, six, maybe even seven years old. Michael said, um, "Yeah, he's definitely not like one or two, you know." And um, he's pretty frantic, super, super nuts. He he won't take food from the tongs. I'll put it there, walk away. Five minutes, he's over there eating, but he won't eat it from eat it from me at all even if i starve him for two weeks yeah he won't eat it um i just redid his cage today uh when when they first come in don't get me wrong um this guy was kind of skinny so i was just basically trying to watch his fecal matter really well just so he could keep on the weight and i wasn't just gonna throw another lizard in there have her get sick transfer more you know what i mean so uh just uh, made sure that he was super hefty um coming into changing his closure he's put on some weight hydrated up a bunch because there's a, a water pan for him to lay in yeah uh, yeah and he's gotten he's gotten a little chunky i can see it in his face nice. <laughs> yeah yeah um so i'm ready to, ready to toss in a girl with him because i don't want to really pick him up i just want to see if an, another girl in his enclosure will make him crazy or make him like you know um what i'd say like interested i guess have you noticed in your your indicus kind of across all the animals do any of them like to hydrate differently like just do some like yeah yeah they love water but the drinking out of the cups um man they they've had to learn to do that you know yeah yeah they've had to learn to do drinking out of the cups I, i have them because it's important to still have water around always you know um but sometimes like there's an injury or I don't want the mucking in the water too much. Or sometimes their pads are a little pink because of all the moisture everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll take them off the water. Um, and you know, it's also like festering water after a day. So it's kind of nasty. I let them, I let them dry up. Basically I give them their water pins back though, eventually. Um, but uh, they love to do the whole, you know, sit in a water dish. It's super hot and whatnot. Um, and then they drink and then I also depends on who it is, but for the most part, I spray their muzzles after feeding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It gets the stuff off. So non- man, it, Jody's so gung ho right on eating. And if it smells like food, it's, it's going in. It's, it's food. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's, so, you know, when they have like bits and pieces all over their face, uh, Jody's just going to go over and just, yeah, he's, he's a really I don't know. I think it's because I, I never trained him. He's only know he only he only knows shiny things is right things that give me food. You know, um, even like the locks, right? Because you know, they have they shine just like the the tongs do. 
Yeah. Um, when I when, you know, when I even if I drop the lock in front of him, he'll like go over to it right away. And I'm like, dude, you're gonna die if you eat that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, because we do a lot of, I I you know I've been training him lately the last six seven months with that 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 toy you see me post about. Yeah. So this uh. I don't know. I think this is this must be this will be a good one for people to, I guess, uh, try at home, but also you know to listen to too. They're really smart. They're yeah. also kind of, you know, a little testy and really. Sometimes they don't think it's all about food, right? And um, when they're really hungry, it's definitely all about food. So yeah, yeah, and um, you know that's something to bring up for the listeners too. When you're keeping animals in pairs or whatnot. Um, groups um, remember that because if you don't feed your animals for a couple days maybe that suits you in one way or the other something you're trying to accomplish but you got that food in there the brain has shut off the instincts kick in and it's all about food so animals that get together fine all of a sudden they're like Kai said one's biting onto the other one's head or it can just see or smell the food still in the mouth and um, you know it's going to go try to get a little bit of that so or get that other animal to let go so um, you have to just take that into account. It's I'm not saying feed every day either, because then you're just probably going to have fat animals at yeah. one point. Um, a little bit, a little bit more often. Yeah, they'll yeah. be fine. You know, they, they will. So if you go on that side of things, animals won't be that aggressive towards food or going after food, but they're probably going to be fat and a little lethargic because of that also. So you've taken away that that need, that instinct kind of like, oh, I need to get that now. But um, you're adding in maybe another unhealthy factor. So do what I do and grab a broom, throw an- <laughs> throw food to one animal, hit the other one with the broom as it comes running over. And uh, yeah. 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 I don't I hit them. Little, I just I swat them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They get all like, oh, how dare you swat me? And then they. They kind of look at you and look at the other animal. Like, should I go back in for food? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have a, I have a couple male. My Kimberleys are really good at it. It's like yeah. when I, uh, I just basically put a stop. I mean, it's not a stop sign, but it's my. I just put this the, the tongs up and my hand up like a stop sign, right? I'm like, no, you just, you know, go over there. Right? I kind of shoo them away. Yeah. Um, and then they get it, and then they just hover over there waiting for food. Um, and then you know my females are, are eating slowly bit by bit right uh, right yeah my picky my girls are real picky right now i don't know what it is i think they're just getting into the whole thing um you know they were on a they were they basically just been coming out of winter time and i've been feeding them up more definitely more mm-hmm. um more chicks and mice pieces and eggs and less grasshoppers and less other stuff and they, they don't even really touch they're bougie now. They don't even touch roaches and stuff anymore. Ooh. I tried. I tried to get them to touch the mealworms, and they they were a little bit at first when we started to do the whole thing. But then it was like, oh, I only want to eat lizards or something like that. One of them was on a lizard strike for for weeks, man. Some to the point where I had to go. I bought. I had a bot. I buy some like a hundred dollars worth or more, like because I went a hundred dollars worth was what I got from another guy, but. Like I spent and I bought, you know, full price at some PetSmart or Petco. Yeah. So, you know, those add up. Yeah. Oh, just, yeah. Uh, just to get these lizards to to eat and do their thing like how I want them to, you know, because um, I don't know. It's like they just 
I feel like they might be clamming up or for the most part, just not eating like how I want them to. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, don't get me wrong. They ate like a day ago or two, two days ago, but I was kind of expecting them to be more eager and hungry. I've switched their lamps a little bit. As you know, I've kind of like done, um, uh, to be honest, man, all the, all the, the UV bulbs that I've been trying, man, they just, they're just not enough. Like, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Cause I, you know, that little bulb, you know, the, the, the small, like even the, the ones from Amazon and even the ones from like, uh, like Ryan and them. And, um, they're just so tiny, you know? And so I, it really just doesn't do a whole lot. It does take up a, it takes up a socket. And then I, you know, I can be producing heat with another bulb in that socket and balance out my thing. But then what, what I was doing was trying to apply UV and then have another um, bulb right next to it. And, you know, um, mm-hmm. like that's a floodlight. Now, don't get me wrong. The surface temperature was fine, but dang, the whole the rest of the enclosure was only 70 and 80 degrees. So ambiently for people that are, you know, you know, have issues with heating right now or something like that. I, I needed to get that hot side up, you know, definitely into the higher 90s, 100, 105, 110 degrees right underneath the lamp right there. And yeah. with with the the um, the the temperature gun, that for sure underneath that floodlight is 120, 130. But man, the rest of my enclosure just wasn't wasn't cutting, and I think that's what I. Have been able to nip in the bud. Alan's not high. Um, <laughs> I think I've been able to nip that in the bud, and um, you know, I've been. I just added a whole another small halogen in there. Yeah. Next to those, yeah, because a forty-five watt. Man, if it was a sixty watt, that would make more sense for me, and I may need to start ordering those because I don't. I really only use the the forty-five watts. I typically use two forty-fives next to each other in most of my enclosures. Yeah. And so right now, I now right right now, and I just did it earlier because I was, you know, trying to utilize the nine watt that you gave me, right? Which is a pretty uh-huh. decent sized bulb. It's just those are really strong. <laughs> yeah, like, they're strong. Like rhino iguanas or something like that, you know. Um, sunbake sunbakers, and um, yeah, I wasn't. Uh, it 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 was going to change a whole lot of my enclosure. Now, if my enclosure was like maybe five six feet tall. And the basking spot was at the very bottom, then I can see that working, I, and I may have to change it if, if that's the case. But I take I take a whole lot of climbing space away though. That's mm-hmm. that's the tough part, you know. Um, but I would have to put a seventy-five or sixty-five watt floodlight next to the nine watt. Try to get at least eighty to hundred watts in there because that's what I know is going to heat my enclosure. You know, I was only using forty-fives. And and then a, a small three watt, um, you know, little UVB LED lamp, and that just just wasn't cutting it. Yeah, and so that's what I might think of that caused me some issues as I'm adjusting with one of my girls. Um, yeah, it's, I, I don't know what's going on. She, the male's on her all the time. She's not too receptive. She's kind of getting pudgy. Hope she's just not. You know, hopefully the heat will kind of get her up. I've been sunning them a little bit. Just to kind of get them perkier, um, yeah. They've had like two or three days in a row now where they're out when it's you know nine, ten, eleven, almost even noon. Once it's once it's noon, they've had enough sunlight. I just bring them back in. 
and it's also already 100 degrees almost so yeah yeah man oh that's another thing yeah so this little heat spell that happened this last just happened yeah we're just living it dude that threw everything off. I had to rush over a couple times. Now I've been setting some things up. Um, I guess something I'll share too with everybody is setting some things up um, so that I can check basic things from my phone. It's I'm I'm waiting on uh, um, Ryan. You know he's got a system out there that I'm I'm waiting to see what it's about. But I did go ahead and, and get one of those Smile, little bro. <laughs> one of those little uh, Govi temperature things and honestly it works pretty good it, it works great for it you know temperature and humidity and i can see it throughout the day um so i have that in the middle of the warehouse right now just because temperatures are getting warmer um i also went and bought one of the the wise cameras to kind of get a feel for how things work and and got it set up um so it's, i can see the you advantages jumped in, you jumped in you actually jumped and took the took the bullet and got all that stuff hooked up huh yeah so um I got it hooked up, just the one camera and the one Govi thing. Um, but just to test them out, see if this is even like some, in a direction I really wanted to go in. And it definitely is. I'll say that. Um, yeah, you definitely get to see stuff there now, right? Yeah. I, I don't have to go over in person to check uh, a temperature thing on a wall somewhere. Um, I can just go yeah. to my phone. And, you know, a few of those, those temperature gauges, like one in a – I would put one in any incubator that I'm running in there. Uh, one downstairs, of course, one upstairs, and maybe maybe something like one uh, to test out um, a walk-in enclosure or something on a, on a bigger scale if I needed to, just to make sure. Because I find out as soon as I add something, if I add another cage or if I add another row of, of baby setups, you know, I, it messes with the temperature in the whole building. So um, the temperature and the humidity um, – so I, I got to make everything work together in a certain way. And like those last three days was a good indication of what summer might be like, because right now in the middle of the day, um, my temperature is about a two degree difference than what it is outside. So if it's 90 outside, my, my inside got 88 degrees. Now I'm okay with the, the temps spiking a little bit and it, it reached 88 in the incubator, but it was only for about an hour and a half. And then it falls back down to its normal. Um, so I'm not too worried about that. But consistently, like if we get into summer and it's happening like that, that could start to be an issue, especially on days that get hotter than 90 degrees. And we start getting these 108 you know, degree days, then look out. Um, but I have some backups already in place like that, uh, that portable uh, swamp cooler basically is what it is. Some other fans just to move air around. It does cool the building off a bit. Um, and then future stuff uh, that I've talked to my, my neighbor at the warehouse is a HVAC guy, um, putting in the, one of those, um, whole house fans, basically as an attic fan so that I can hopefully hook it up also to some, some way on my phone, some app or something, hit that button on my phone and it would pull all that hot air out of the attic and, uh, suck it out of there. So a uh, few ideas I'm messing around with. Um, there's always adjusting the bulbs in the building, you know, to go down to either a lower temperature or basking in the morning and then shutting it off around noon, letting them ride till, you know, um, 
I don't know, seven, eight o'clock, maybe hit them with another. I can, with these devices, these smart plugs and everything, I can set it up in a certain way where I can kick it back on for a few hours. Um, But it'll all take that adjusting and playing with. But if I can do it all from my phone, then I can somewhat take some of my life back instead of being there all the time, you know, um, (laughs) running around with a squirt bottle and a fan. (laughs) I'm so lucky that uh, I can do everything like, I can just walk over to, to it. It's you know the next room over down through the kitchen. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. That's. I'm so blessed to have that ability. You know, I can wake up in the middle of the night while I'm gonna go to the restroom and then, man, just take a peek, see what's going on. So a lot of times it's work. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. you, gotta, you gotta do this, and it's something going on, or it's. Everybody's awake. Remember I, I remember I said that I have my lamps on at nighttime. Um, so at midnight, they're they're peaked and they're hot. And they're ready to eat, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So by dinner time, I pull out stuff to be defrosted. And then it sits, you know, kind of by a heat lamp where it basically defrosts a little bit faster. The room is already 80, something 90 degrees. So, you know, it's uh, there's no problem with that thing defrosting. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then closer to the lamp, it's probably by a hundred. Um, yeah, and then I gotta feed everything at nighttime and get everything going. I'm lucky to have everything right there, man. I, I'm actually due. I'm due to do what you what you just mentioned right now with the whole. That's why. I, that's why I asked you um, the other day about about it uh, when I sent you the picture of it in a, in a in an incubator tub, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I have to be more really i've just been going by feel on a lot of things but i I just nowadays it's so hard to just go on feel and there's there's more precision involved and um you know you want to be exact on the temperature so i just i ended up going to home depot and getting a crap ton of batteries i bought like maybe 12 of those accurite i'm sorry the thermometers right yeah i just set them everywhere in every single enclosure and on the top, the bottom, you know, just, just so I know, um, because now I'm transitioning out of winter, my winter time, I feed a whole lot less and things aren't cranking as much. Right. And they're actually still kind of doing their thing in winter time too. And so, um, not, not the Kimberleys, but a lot of the mangroves are. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's something that I got to get more in tune with, especially the incubator stuff, because, you know, like right now, I only have the Kimberly eggs in there, and um, I had some coli stuff that was sitting around for a little while, and then it just they just ended up going bad. So, yeah, um, they I don't think they were fertile to begin with. They just looked good. They didn't, you know, they look decent. They're not deflated, kind of plump, whitish, off white, not perfectly pearl, but yeah, yeah, they're not. So I got to get that going. I have a couple enclosures, so I, I it's not like I, I do it old school where. I turn off everything, and I'm always, you know, switching light bulbs out because that's what we had to do when we were younger, man. Yep. You know, it was a go. It was a more of a guesstimate, right? Yep. And it's like, okay, if it has a temperature controller, which is very important, which is they were still seventy five, a hundred some bucks with them, you know, for like an ESU temp controller with a dial, right? Yeah, I have, I still have those. I still use those too. Um, I, I. You know, I'm just like I kind of said, I'm from like an older era of keeping, even though we're still kind of young. You know, it's like we've been keeping for so long. This is all we had back then. And, um, you know, we just 
chose a hundred watt red or a hundred watt white. <laughs> that was it, right? Yeah. Just that, but now it's like, yeah, I have specific bowls for specific seasons, and you know, you go in from the let's say if I was using seventy five watt or hundred watts, which I don't even use. I I, I don't I don't have a hundred watt in this in this house at all. If I, I might have like one or two. That's if like I really need it in a super cold time frame, but I just balance it out better now because I yeah. the reason why I don't it's not like I hate them, right? Don't get me wrong. It's just the way we learn how to use lamps nowadays and the our size of reptiles and we're not no longer trying to make a tiny small spot. Not only is it not great as far as gradient goes, but you end up with burns and all this other stuff, right? right? And so um yeah, we try to balance it out now. So I have 45 and 50 watts and 75 watt at the max and i keep them coupled next to each other so even in an eight foot enclosure which you would normally take about 150 to 200 plus watts to heat up well right um mm -hmm. and not even that great just 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 okay you know um you you know now i have several bulbs that match up to that one bulb that you were using back then and then i can space out heat better if it's such yeah. a giant enclosure, I can have 145 on this one always going or 175 or whatever you feel like always going. Um, and then maybe at nighttime, it switches to a black bulb. That's not that much colder. It's just keeping the balance, right? And so with the balance on the other side, the the left side, if I were the opposite side, basically, right? That's where my normal full-on bank of lights would be together, you know? Um yeah. You know, I like, uh, I know I've mentioned this before, but one of the reasons for using two like 50 watt bulbs over one 100 watt is um, simply if, if that 100 watt runs out and for whatever reason you don't see your animal for a day or two, you're just busy with life or kids or whatnot, um, that animal's without any sort of heat. Now, even if you plug two brand new bulbs in at the same time, there's a lot of times they don't run out at the same time. So at least your animal has something you can look in there. Oh, okay. Um, you still like got one going. Yeah. <laughs> you got one going, you know, replace one, you know, you're probably gonna have to keep an eye on the other. It's just, it, you know, a, a little bit of a fail safe to a certain degree. And it, it saved my butt a couple times. I know, or at least, you know, I never, I don't think I got close to the point where it harmed an animal, but I, I really appreciate that I had those two bulbs in there. It's better um, on the fixture. It's better on the the, yeah. the, the take of your whole house and the the, the outlet, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, less damaging or um, heating on the the material that you're building with, right? If it's exposed to it or whatnot. Absolutely. Most of us just hook it right up to the to the wood. And um, if an animal grabs onto it, whether it's in a dome or just the bowl. Yeah, yeah, know. they're so low now. Yep, 50 watts is a lot different than 100 watts. Um, yeah, a lot of times I can reach in and just kind of, you know, it's hot fingers, but still get that 50 yeah. watt out of there. 100 watt, you can burn something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those BR30s, um, and even the 45 and 50 watts, I'm just, you can technically unscrew them, carry them to the to the bulb and just drop it in without, you know, burning yourself. But man, if it was a 150 watt spot or whatever, yeah. you know, that time, yeah, you're burning. You're you going to get burn some burns. Too. Um, gosh, man, there's a lot going on and it's, uh, yeah, man, I, I have so much, I have a lot of, I don't know if 
they're not doubts. It's just, you know, it's early in the season, and I've already hatched out a coli this year. I can literally just kick my feet back and learn my animals some more, you know. Um, no, uh, you can't. The, no, you can't because you, okay? That's yeah. true. Everything you're saying is true, but you always, like me, you always want, you know, you know you can accomplish more. You know it's possible. Yeah. So I gotta learn my animals more. That's what I. That's yeah. what I was saying. Like I've, I kind of like hatched one out. It's not like I was at a. At, I'm not at a race anymore. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm in the ballpark now. So let's just refine my game a little bit. You know, see how I can do better. I basically switched over to in-floor nesting completely for most of the enclosures now. So this year will be different on nesting for yeah. sure, right? And so. Um, they're in tune to it. It is a lot, a lot more work, but they're they're in tune. I have to turn a nest tonight, and I have to check two nest bins. And yeah, man, I got females just just kicking dirt everywhere. Um, and you know, it's, so it's always good to kind of invest, investigate, and make sure that they're either hooked up right. They're not too dry because you haven't checked them in a little while or something. Yeah, it's, it's a lot, a lot of work. It's basically tossing around a thousand pounds of worth of soil or whatever, all, you know, all in a, the, the time for each, each bin, I think, has four, maybe five bags of soil in it, right? Or the volume. Yeah. So that's yeah. two, three hundred pounds already, right? And then the soil that goes in there, which is maybe half parts. I don't, I use more sand nowadays, but yeah. it, is, it isn't one to one. It's half part. And then the water. That's gallons of water. Not it's like I'm just chugging in pitchers, mm-hmm. and then I turn it, and I, you know, if if it's the consistency is not great, I grab some more pitchers, and then I'm turning it, and yeah, so I'm like playing in a sandbox, having having an asthma attack because it's dusty. Oh man, them black nasty black boogers. snot black boogers. boogers. <laughs> yeah, man, because uh, you're breathing in all that. <laughs> They're yeah. in there for days too. Is <laughs> I actually cough up stuff too. It's like, yeah. So all right, well, here's a trick. All right, the mask isn't gonna work because the dust is so fine. Okay? Right. So it basically gets right underneath there. You're gonna get it in there anyways. What I do is put a wet paper towel underneath the mask. Put that over my face so it actually catches a lot of that dust prior to hitting your face. Um, that's just a, a trick yeah. that I learned. I did- <laughs> I just bit the bullet and I ordered um, something I had used before for some construction type of things. It's it's a 3M like respirator mask where you got the canisters and stuff. And uh, yeah, I just bit the bullet and went and bought one or I ordered it. So because, yeah, it was just another day of black boogers. And I was like, I'm going to die of the black lung or something. It's not healthy. That'll that'll kill you. (laughs) Right. Right. If you're you're in a – okay, here's a – I have – what I've – it's going to – they're relatable – I have chicks that I buy, and they're just normal chicks. But what I do is I defeather them, so that way I'm not breathing in those feathers when I'm doing stuff. Yeah, um, it's actually helped out a lot with the dust and my whole overall allergies with with dealing with that, right? Because I have asthma, and I'm technically killing myself, but I, I'm not going to quit. So, you know, it's yeah. like I have to make the soil better, right? It can't yeah. I can't ever let it get too nasty and dusty, you know, things like that. So. There still is roughage from the crawfish and the, the rats and mice that they eat and the eggs and all that other stuff, right? But, um, yeah, the, uh, I got to get rid of all these feathers, man. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that'll kill you. So I really, uh, you know, 
advise that you kind of do it with the mask. You're not just all in there full dusk. And man, how we used to keep back then, where after a few weeks, it's just you know, it's just dust and yeah. bedding and poop. It, yeah, it's bad. So yeah, everybody, you guys can probably smell uh, an image right now of what I'm talking about. If you're you, you've been a keeper that you've been keeping for so long, and you know this is something that. We've all, you know, working at pet stores, volunteering, even having your own setups. Yeah, they're, that's why bio, <laughs> bioactivity is so good in the bottom, you know. Those, yes. Those, yeah. Any kind of bioactivity, some cage cleaners. Um, I've even thrown a couple. I know that, like, some dubias are gonna, going to um, burrow in the dirt and some of these things. I don't care anymore. Just let them go. Throw some more bugs in there. I've even stopped messing with the spiders as much. Yeah, well, yeah. The spiders are kind of cool. It's like, hey, it's it's like a super ecosystem in here now. Yeah, you yeah. A predator. The problem, <laughs> the problem is they breed so much. And oh, yeah. I posted a pic. I think I already mentioned it, but I had like a, a whole what do they call them? Like a sling or whatever. Yeah. All these little baby spiders, and they had made a web on one of the domes. Yeah, it's I like you showed me that. Yeah, like three hundred degrees under there. I'm like, how how do you things live? You're not yeah. natural. That's not normal. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had, okay. I, I don't know if I told you. So I, I chop a lot of my food, even for the adults. I, I basically make it so what it is, is it's so they can eat faster. And they mm-hmm. can just take down little pieces and they can fit more. Um, but man, I ha- I've had to do this once where I've left like maybe dime sized pieces of food, right? And I actually saw this spider that's not not a terrestrial spider. It was a full-on web-hanging spider, right? Come down, pick up a piece, and take it back to its web. <laughs> Dude, that was the, the gnarliest thing I've ever seen in my entire yeah. life. And yeah, yeah that, that, was a, that was a trip. And, you know, I fed, you know, toss bugs into webs. And that's, you know, we've done that a million times, but... Um, that was actually really cool. And I, I, I try to leave that spider in there. So to be honest, one time when I was doing some furnishings and changing stuff, man, I don't know where that spider went. So. Yeah. The rest See, of the piece of that guy, that, was guy, that guy was cool, man. I looked inside the, uh, the other day when I was digging up um, Kimberly eggs. The inside of the Kimberly cage is painted black. It was just because yeah. I wanted to see. So there's different colors you can get, but the black paint that I was using – is like 50 bucks cheaper for the five gallon bucket. So I wanted to see how it works, see if it was worth it or if I stick with the other color. Um, the problem is those corners of the upper corners of that cage get kind of dark. Yeah. And so I didn't pay any attention to it. And I've got my head all the way in there and I see these spider webs. A little, little crack in the, in the yeah. corner. Yeah. <laughs> so I shine my phone <laughs> flashlight up there. And sure enough, there's this black widow up there and it looked like just a bone graveyard but it was the the little dried out you know crickets and roaches and i was like oh my god yeah yeah Yeah, there's a man okay so i recently got a a shipment of leaves from a really good friend of mine and this is not any fault of his because i asked for it but dang dude he sent some leaves right and man they had so much so many spiders in them now yeah uh, i didn't even really realize and shoot i should have I should have washed those things or baked them or something, but um, which is something I would never normally do. But now I kind of like think, damn, I didn't want those things in my house. But now they're 
everywhere almost. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. I see like them running on the front. <laughs> I'm just like, yo, this is this is a lot. And I just I just vacuumed that ceiling the other day and yeah. there's a ton more flies there now. It's like one one set leaves and another one just replaces them. And yeah, it's a it's annoying. I'm I'm at the point right now where I can't do it myself in a day because I'll probably die. But I was gonna have people literally just come and just vacuum the whole thing so well, you know, like immaculate. Yeah. Yeah. I walk uh, around with something, some object now in front of me at the warehouse. It could be tongs, it could be a broom. I just put it out in front of me because I'm tired of getting spider webs all over my face and all over my hair, just you know, on the back of my neck. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. yeah, I stick it out in front of me and just walk through the warehouse because half the time I still have the lights off, you know, if I'm just in there real quick, I'm not really looking around and uh, all of a sudden I got a face full of spider webs. It gets that bad right now during the springtime. And yeah, uh, it does. It's, uh, it's the bioactivity that's cool, but man, well, if you let it take off, it's not right. I just get pissed when I start opening up the roach bins and I see they got into the roach bins. Yeah, and they're down there eating for free. <laughs> and I no. actually have the the as you were talking about for free. I had so underneath my my little my drill that I've had forever. I actually just retired this thing and threw them away the other day. But I had this drill for like twelve years, right? It finally uh -huh. just kind of gave out. Um, but uh, underneath it was a spider, and it grabbed this grasshopper and it was dragging it back there. And I was like, Nah, bro, this is mine, right? But <laughs> <laughs> I kind of smashed him, and I was like, Oh, dude, like. That guy has probably been there just feasting for however long, you know. Yeah. It, was, it was a fat thing, yeah. And I took it, and I was like, "Man, if I just grab it in there, I'll probably get bit one day." So I just took this thing, and I bought myself a whole new drill with the bag and everything yesterday. Good yeah, stuff, man. man. Freaking uh, nuts, man. With the with the add with the add-ons that we're not expecting, you know, like these buffalo beetles. Oh my god. And I, I, I thought that I was actually doing myself some service by making these little cups. Man, uh -huh. the little beetles came back in a week. They were, they were back. They were, they were They're crazy, yeah, huh? They're so nuts, yeah. And I actually have to. What I do now is I actually have this this bin, and that's just sitting there. And what I take is my, all my logs, and I just dust, yeah, shake them, and I get as many buffalo beetles that I can get out in a, you know, a minute shake or something like that. And I, I just douse them with water and let them drown. I'm so mad at them. Yeah. Just, they're just annoying. I know they work hard because yeah. I don't have, I don't have fecal matter everywhere. My soil turns, they do their thing, you know, it's a whole ecosystem. And so that's why I'm not stressing it too much, but man, they're so annoying to see, you know, they're not attacking my animals. They're not, yeah. You know, yeah, they they're just everywhere in there. Yeah, they're just everywhere, um, and I know, I know these motherfuckers fly from cage to cage. I know they do, or they walk up the 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 traction anywhere and just get to another cage. I know. Yeah, they yeah. They do that little like flutter fly, yeah. just enough chase, to get to the next cage. They chase the smell of like decomp, or let's say you know mm -hmm. there's something sitting in the that wasn't eaten. Yeah. And they can eat once and live for a year. <laughs> now, let's see. I had like, I had this. Uh, I'll uh, accidentally smear, or the the monitor will smear blood on the logs, or even egg yolk on yeah. the logs. Yeah, they're all over that in like minutes, and yeah, it's gone. The wood's all shaved off because. Yeah, 
Yeah, they, they can be a problem. I have a problem with them in sometimes in like um, smaller monitors, baby monitors is where I'm more concerned. Yeah, rather me too. than rather I'm than my big They're guys. just gonna eat one, and I'll see one in the corner, and it's like, yeah, dang, that, those, those oh, things. They'll make quick work of you know. I've I've had a monitor, of course, as we've keep and talked about some of these monitors that have died. Buffalo Beetle will clean out a monitor in a day if you have enough yeah. of them in there. Yeah. Um, you know, they're already under the skin to some some point as soon as something dies. Um, and even I thought some animals were eating uh, pinks that I were leaving, was leaving in there. No, yeah. them buffalo beetles were getting to that stuff. Uh, yeah. And I come back the next day and think, oh, yeah, they ate. Why aren't they gaining any weight? Well, they the buffalo beetles were getting to it. Um, but, yeah, man, let's see. What else is going on out there i don't know if you saw it but um uh the other day i'll touch on this real quick mike uh over at mike's monitors oh yeah sulfurs yeah he got a uh, clutch of these sulfurs these sulfurs are cool looking so sulfurs. You know, sulfurs are just big animals but they're awesome in the in the in the normal uh, not not in the normal world but in the like the i guess in the entertainment business, right? Everybody wants to be like Mike, you know. We yeah. have, our, we definitely have our own. Yeah, yeah, man. It's a. Uh, I think every species just takes off. Hopefully, he gets those similes to go too. That'd be amazing. Man. Absolutely. I think he's. And no, I can't give up mine, Mike. I'm sorry. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> everybody has them. I told John, I was like, bro, don't sell these. Like, yeah, I'm just buying them, and they're gone. And you know it's like uh, he's he's now keeping them, trying to hang on to as many as he can. You know. Yeah. I, mean, I think he has promising numbers on girls by looking at some of them. Yeah. That's what so, they look. If I'm if I'm judging the kind of some two or something. Yo, well, I'm trying to develop a look for, and it seems to be consistent for the peacocks, the Timors, and the um, and the Similis. There's a certain look. It's. I don't want to say too much or get too ahead of myself, but it does look like the females, especially young females, are a lot smaller than males. Males mature a lot quicker. They do get more of a broad head, but the females' um, torso region in particular seems like it is a longer, kind of similar in Aki's. That's in a lot of monitors, too. Right, uh, right. Longer. If you don't have one of each, like a mature animal and a mature a mature male and mature female it's hard to see these things so if you have two males you're like well do i have a pair you might not because you know they look the same or two females um but when you have a known animal next to another known animal especially if they're more mature maybe past that first year into their second third year it becomes a lot easier to tell uh from what i'm seeing and then the males um definitely have those hemipenal bulges down the uh down at the base of the cloaca and you go in there and so far it hasn't it hasn't let me down i've been able to you know i haven't had one of those pop out an egg um or vice versa one with that doesn't have those you know um basically those have been the ones that have laid eggs not similar of course but from the the recent timors and uh the peacocks in the past so I think it's pretty reliable. Um, and if that's the case, I got, it looks like 2.1. So for myself, but 
I want I want everybody to get these going because we need them just in case they don't come back in, you know. Yeah. Um, and once we get some clutches, then maybe there can be some some moving around of adults or especially if you get, like I have an extra male. Uh, maybe I can get a couple clutches paired from both uh, or sired by both males and then maybe do some switching around. But we'll get to that. First things first. Got to get them in. Got to get some eggs. Got to hatch them out of the eggs. And um, yeah. yeah, they're they're pretty cool. They're, figure out how to do that more than once. Yes. Yeah. I need to get them on a system. And the thing is that um, they're not just a black and white Timor peacock model. They do, it seems they have a bit of a different personality. They're a little more bold in my experience. And the way they throat up, they have a heftier throat area, more like, um, gosh, I wouldn't even know what to compare them to. Like an Argus. Kind of, yeah, like that true Indo-Argus throat. You know, they, they do the head turn and the throat up, you know, where it just gets out there. Where the Timors and Peacocks are just gone. They're not going to worry about that. And if they do try to throw it up, it's real quick. It's not, they don't hold it and they suck it in real quick, you know, and they act all twitchy where the simulus will kind of, you know, square up on you like a little miniature Argus. Pretty pretty animal too. It's, it's a shame because they're literally black and white there. I mean, there's some tones that you'll, you won't be able to really pick up on the camera, but you know, they're a gorgeous animal. Um, Yeah. Oh, let me touch on that real quick. So I think, there is one of two things going on. I think I might have touched on it before. We either have two types of similis that were recently kind of reclassified that have come in, or maybe it's, um, I don't know. I, I, there's just not enough to look at, you know, known animals to look at right now, but um, that males might have a different look than females do. Um but I think there's some more work definitely to be done. Or they're just, you know, a collector went and collected these type of animals from this place. And the one, the, the next place over, they look, not next place over, but next trapper over, you know, on the same island. It's a big place. Um, they just have a little bit of a different look to them. So a lot of stuff to figure out. Um, but, yeah, excited about that. Congratulations, Mike. I did surprise me. So uh, he said he was getting rid of. Basically, his other dwarf oh, yeah. monitors. All his Akis, right? Uh, the, all, all of them, except for the oh, Sims. The Akis, Kims, Kings, oh, wow. I think. Gil and I. Um, Pills. Oh. All of those. So if you're looking for something, go hit Mike up. But, uh, Mike, well, Mike's only working with the big boys. Now. Yeah, well, he said something important, too, is that um, he's been a slave to these lizards for a little while now. And yeah, he wants to have... 100 plus babies at a time. Yeah. And it's true. You know, a a larger water monitor, some of these larger monitors, you can actually feed up pretty good and then you can not feed them for a little while and you're fine. Some of these smaller animals, not so much. They need to eat a little more frequently. Um, And insects mostly too. Yeah. Not even like mine, I'll, I'll feed like the kids, right? For instance, I can always feed the the kims the grasshoppers and some mice and that's okay yeah um, but you see, there has to be there the, the, the insects involved i can't just feed them straight mice and and chicks and stuff like that they're just they they won't even eat it you know it's starting off they have to they, they want to chase something now they it's it is true that kimberly's love to 
take baby Kim's love to take on more than what you think they can handle, like a large cricket for a tiny yeah. baby. Right? They'll they'll do it and they'll actually eat it. Um, but um, you know, it's like the you can't really do that to the Kims when they first start off with mice and stuff. But with the baby mangroves and the other stuff that I've hatched, it's mostly just mangroves actually, but a few different types, right? Um, they're they, they they can eat chopped pinkies and eggs and chicks all mixed up in this mush, right? They eat, want to vary their diet, but still, you know, they, they'll, they'll eat that all day, every day, regardless. No, yeah. no problem. And they'll, you know, I can switch it up with fish and sure, but it's still a, what I would say, an easy access feeder. Now, mm-hmm. I do grasshoppers, so I can't really say that I only love that stuff, right? But for my monitors and the big stuff, it is so convenient to go to the freezer, grab out a handful of crawfish, a handful of shrimp, and a handful of chicks, and be done. I don't yeah. have to order bugs and have them die on me or stink or do that other. Yeah, it's, I think that's also a smart move because, man, feeding those things. Yeah. <laughs> feeding Kimberly's is tough. I actually have a issue right now. I think – I don't know if I talked about it earlier. but it's Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, it's just they're they're you know, I'm trying to get them healthy basically while, you know, not trying to make them too fat at the same time, making sure the calcium intake is good. And shoot, I'm trying to breed them. I hope like I'm not gonna kill them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're just throwing you for a curve, man. You know, and I think there's something to be said. I've had this conversation with a lot of other people. Um, you get these animals; they reach that certain age, kind of like a two-year age. Um, where they their habits kind of change uh they change something up on you i yeah you know i'm kind of going through some... older i think mine are now four years old um, yeah yeah because i had them before i moved to southern california i've been here already like good two or three years um you know so they're i started breeding them when they were like 18 to 20 months um, I didn't really start off really young. Also, I obviously didn't have any males then. I thought one of my girls was a male for the longest time. She's <laughs> double the size, younger and double the size of the female that I have now. Um, that is a regular producer for me. You know? Yeah. Yeah, man. There's uh, my Tristis are doing that game with me. So last year I could count on some things. We We were kind of talking about this. I know uh, Matt Cosman's also having some some uh, issues. They're they're just funny. Sometimes you you will swear that they laid, and then you go digging yeah. in there, you find nothing, and nope. so you're like, oh well, I missed it. And a week later, they lay, but you don't catch it for another month because they don't get every, fat for another month. Every two to three months, I'm sorry, every two to three clutches, they they trick me like that. They're yeah, always. Yeah, they're digging and digging and digging and digging. All right, that's. Why are you digging? There's no other reason, really, sometimes, right? right? Other than that, females don't really dig a whole lot unless they need to and they're less they're expecting stuff. Or right. maybe it is hot as heck and they need to get to somewhere you know, that's a lot cooler. Those are other reasons I would see them going down there. Uh, but, yeah, man, I don't have them doing too much digging unless it's right around late. Yeah, they're throwing me off right now. So she, maybe she changed her preferences too. So I'm gonna switch her that Tristis. Actually, yeah. both both sets of Tristis. I'm going to switch to uh, some whole cage nesting instead of the nest box. Nest box have been working for the Tristis, 
but um, all my clutches so far have been in the, the nest boxes. But um, yeah, it doesn't seem to be the way. So I'm just going to change it up and see if they have some different preferences now. Maybe that's what's needed. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a tough part because yeah. uh, you know you're just you just assume and then they want something different or I don't, I don't right. Know. Yeah, Ackies are so far. You know they're pretty stable <laughs> in their habits. Um, so thank God for them. I, you know, <laughs> if they started changing things up on me, I think I'd freak out, but, uh, um, yeah, th- there's a few of those that throw me off and those, man, those Kims, they are, uh, their habits yeah, are weird. Yeah. They're they're machines too. <laughs> now that mine are older, they basically only eat, they've been kind of a little picky lately. So I, I don't know what it is. I've been giving them more heat and trying to send them but maybe they're just the girls are just going through their whole thing the males are still eating they're kind of yeah. they're, they're doing fine yeah just my my the the whole reason with this transition right now with the bulbs and me ordering bulbs and trying new bulbs out maybe not have been the best idea to try it out during the the switch but you know it might as well get it over with so that way i can figure out if i want to use it or not you know mm-hmm. um and uh, yeah i just i got to I just put back two heat bulbs and just called it a day and rather than trying to find another thing. Now on all the options I can use is going back to the mega ray and, you know, having it turn off and on and stuff like that, which is not really a problem. And then have another bulb coupled next to it. But yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. I might, I'm going to see how these two floodlights do and see if it, it makes up enough basking spot because the mega ray isn't very strong. The 70 watt that I have, it doesn't, it doesn't penetrate like how, you know, the other ones do. And then the other ones are just so much wattage that I don't want to use them. So, um, yeah, it's my, that's, I wish the perfect bulb and whoever's out there may be listening. The perfect bulb that I want to get is like a very strong 50 watt floodlight. That's also a UVB bulb. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. That'd be great. If you could. Um, no, I'm, I'm in agreement with that. Uh, it would also, mm, I don't know if this is going to happen, but with now LED UVB bulbs, would it be possible, just like they have dimmable LED bulbs out right now, would it be possible to make UVB dimmable so that you could turn them up or turn them down? So that you could almost hand dial, you know, the the strength that you want in those UVB bulbs. That would be amazing. Um, now, of course, that comes not all together with a heat bulb because you you'd burn the whole thing out. But um, hmm, I think for me, I'm still doing okay with the the smaller LED bulbs that you had mentioned. Um, on most of the, like the dwarf stuff, even the tree monitors, um, next to a basking bulb. And, um, I'm trying them out anyways. I, I, I've shared my feelings about them before. So it's there with your Um, nine walk with the nine walk though. Have you, you're using that only in the taller setups right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. The nine Watts I've only used in the, the walk-ins, um, cause they do throw a lot of UV, um, so those those are a little farther away. I don't have them right up, but the smaller, I think they're three or four watts. You know, uh, I have those in the tree monitors uh, and a few of the the other dwarf setups. Um, but 
yeah, I, I think you know a larger dimmable LED where you could control the the UV output off of a dimmer would be the next logical step. I would I would assume you can turn up that intensity. You're still in, turning up like a, a a light wave, so you can turn it down. But you know, I'm not an engineer, so. Um, yeah. Ryan, let me know if you're listening. <laughs> Is that a possibility? Are you already working on it? Send those. I need some. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Let's see. I'm trying to think what else is going on. A year, man. A lot has happened in a year. Um, in a year of hatched out mangroves, more mangrove stuff, uh, coli stuff, Kimberly stuff. I don't know. It's uh, Yeah, it's just um, now it's just trying to repeat that stuff this year, really. Yeah. Um, I have some eggs. Clutches uh, didn't do too great. They just didn't. They weren't all fertile, but that's okay. I'll take my numbers, even if it's just a few. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just get them on the board and uh, work for more, work for better, and that's it. Yeah, I, I just, have. I'll, I kind of put my Kimberleys through, you know, the learning curve, right, of learning how to keep them, and um, you know, at one point I, I got like. They ended up getting like bumblefoot on the adults, and man, that was a that was a year's worth of antibiotics. You know, they were they would heal over, but kind of stay infected still, like a lesion or something like that. And then I peel them, they scab over, but then that grow back. It's like wow, that's and it's like you know, it's like a white pus that grows in there, mm-hmm. right? And um, yeah, I had a how to keep a whole lot differently. They were so dry for a long time. And yeah, man, I'm trying to get them back onto the, onto the ball. Now get a nice, I'm learning soil better for them. Not just a nest bin, but the whole enclosure. Right. Right. So I have sand and I have a bunch of sand and then I cut it with a little bit of, a um, little bit of moist soil. And then I add it back to it. And then I kind of want this consistency and I let the surface dry um, but before, man, I was just, Using whatever, you know? I, I hit you up, Kai. Uh, I have that one uh, Kimberly male that has it. Um, all, all of them have been kept the same. None of the other ones have it. So it throws me. It's like, okay, well, why does this one have it and not yeah. the other ones? And, you know, it leads me to believe that somehow – this is talking out of my butt, but I think – Maybe it's like something that gets into the bloodstream somehow, like a um, ongoing infection that can just a reoccurring infection that pops up. But heck, if I know, you know, all I do now is I if I have to wet down the, the dirt, I actually take him out, put him in a bucket, and yeah. I I wet down the dirt. I let it dry for a little bit and then put him back in because yeah. if I put him back in on wet stuff, they they get all aggravated. Those same areas get aggravated again. Yeah, the yeah. rest of them not a not a problem so it kind of that inconsistent problem is uh i think the worst <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. you can't pinpoint why it's happening to one and not the other um maybe he sleeps there yeah it might be something as simple as that he's the most dominant of the the two males maybe he's just out prowling around more in the open i noticed the other one will sometimes climb climb the wall a little bit and he'll sleep kind of hanging off the wall um, where this one, he's kind of more on the floor area and, and prowling and walking around. Um, but then the females, they're always kind of tucked in something and they don't get it either. So, 
I don't know, man. <laughs> I will say, um, as far as injuries and stuff, it's been a it's been an interesting year for that. That black tree that had the elbow, the huge swollen elbow, it's all the way down now, except for actually the elbow joint is now a hard knot and it doesn't bend at the elbow. But the animal uses its hand again. It has kind of like this. It looks like it's swimming with one arm, but it gets around the cage fine now. It's not dragging it next to its side wow, anymore. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. It's like, it's like gout in one arm. Something like that, or maybe it's a joint problem. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Initially, I thought maybe it broke its arm somehow, but I'm wondering if it got its arm caught in something, freaked out, twisted around, and like tore up that joint. And I, I don't know. There was no exterior like damage that I could see or tell. There was no yeah. bone sticking out, nothing like that. Um, but it was swollen all the way up from the hand all the way into the shoulder, kind of into that, you know, what we would consider a pectoral area. It was starting to swell in that area, but now it's all gone down except for like a, a little nugget on its elbow. And, um, uh, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, other than that, you know, all the other ones are seem to be looking fine. Um, since mine are all like caged differently now, right? Uh -huh. I just wasn't just throwing them into the fire, sort of like I was before, just expecting it to hit or miss. Now I'm introducing them through a, a, a little, a little tunnel or uh, an access hole, if you will, right? Um, so that has been tamed. That that area has been all right. I can't just freaking fling them in there. Mm -hmm. so frantic. The girls are frantic. They're basically going to be like Tasmanian devils running around and just, oh, yeah. So, so the, the icebreaker and everything like that is now helped out a lot. But man, even when that is, is okay. And they're not, you know, just the meeting a stranger or meeting someone that they don't like in their, in their territory. And then they have to, you know, figure out if they're good or not fight them wrestle them this is more like all right i you know you live there i've lived here for a while and i'm trying to uh i'm trying to mate now but or i'm going over and this is the wrong time to go over you know yeah yeah, yeah i've had that and so you know i've had some male i've had one male rip off tales of a couple different females that have been i've been trying to pair up and um, he's bent another one that's not exactly broken, but when you look down, it just basically kinks. Yeah. Um, and there's a whole notch missing. Like if you were to remove a skew from an, an alligator or a crocodile or something like that. So, yeah. 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 It's healed over, but it's the damage has been done and it looks, it looks, you can't really tell unless you're really looking at it. But um, yeah, man, I've had some stuff I've had to patch up and it sucks because it's expensive too, man, and it's also time-consuming and it's stressful, super stressful. Sets you back yeah. so much, yeah. Sets you back time, sets you back with the female and you bonding, have bonded with her, and then their frantic mode is like their levels are just so high on alert, right? Yeah. Um, that uh, because they got bit, they're injured, yeah. they change. Yeah, and then no, no, not not even just that, just me grabbing them, rinsing oh. them off, freaking sitting there with like you know a whole gallon of iodine and water slowly pouring it over them so, you know like uh yeah that that part and me having to do that and i'm like you know kind of irritated that i have to do this because it's like damn <laughs> just 
leave each other alone, you know? So I'm just, you know, doing it and rinsing it over the sink and they're obviously hated. They're biting me or scratching me and stuff like that. I'm just like, yo, I have to do this or yo, you're not going to heal, girl. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's nuts. One girl now, she looks so, it's like the, the missing part of her tail doesn't even, it's like, uh, you're not missing anything. I don't think you're missing anything anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's like she's adapted to missing that part of her. It's not a whole lot, but still two, I would say a couple inches is a good good size, you know? Yeah. Um, and so at, at one point it was just like, dang, he just chopped your tail off or something. Um, but now it's like, all right, you, you don't look too bad at all. You kind of look look tough, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Battle-worn. Yeah. yeah. You know, I I had those, um, the Dorianus that were together for a while, and then I noticed both of them had kind of tail nips. Um, nothing bit off, but both had, like, debris sticking through their tails, kind of like, uh, I'd say, a third up from the end of the tail. And so I, I've separated them. Um, but one of them, it seems like it keeps opening up, like almost like almost like buffalo beetles got into it a little bit and made oh, yeah. that perfect round hole. So yeah. I, I had to clean out that cage, set it up different, and I think it's doing fine now. But um, with that, with keeping the cage more sterile and dry and everything, these last couple days of heat hit that I was talking about, and I went in there to look at that animal when, when that little temperature reading was saying it was 85 inside. So that's the ambient in the room is 85. The lights are still on in his cage. He's in the corner with his face up in the corner, you know, just close-eyed, stressed to all hell. Um, so I'm going to have to – I just turned the light off in that cage. Um, but yeah. kind of after recording today, I got to go over there and get him upstairs with the rest of the Indo stuff. Because there's the air conditioner up there, but I realized how quick that heat can stress them out like that. And the rest of the Australian stuff all around it, because they're all down there too, you know, they're happy as can be. Um, yeah. yeah. Perfect. <laughs> and this guy's in the corner like, I'm dying. Um, you know, so yeah, got to treat them a little different. So uh, again, got to move them upstairs, keep that endo stuff together, kind of get off the everything's Australian mentality. Yeah. And yeah. I'm glad I got when your mind is like already on uh, two dozen species or something. <laughs> yeah. And then these guys are all right. It's just less. Yeah. yeah. Take it down 10 degrees. Um, but yeah, it's a good little lesson. I'm glad we got this little heat wave. It was almost like a little tester for me to see. Okay, yeah, same works. same here. I literally had to get my my stuff into gear, or else stuff was just gonna roast if I wasn't, you know. Yeah, yeah. Basically, was on top of the ball as the as the um, the heat wave was 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 here. I mean, it it told us uh, like 92, 95, and then it went up to ninety eight, and then mm -hmm. on the day it was a hundred and one. I was like, all right. Okay, spring. Oh man! So yeah, just, just put it <laughs> the thermometers in every enclosure, every level from top to bottom. Even there's one sitting on the floor for no goddamn reason other than for me just to look at. Yep, it. Yep, just to know your entire room. Yeah, just to <laughs> look at it. So I was like, okay, all right, maybe some things can be changed. And so I looked at some enclosures. I turned off. Obviously, some lamps didn't even need to be on. Like some of the double, triple domed, I just unscrewed one or two because I'm like, yo, 
it's it's just too hot for any of this. Right. So, yeah. Just um. Wow, that's that brings up some other thoughts too, real quick, because as it gets hotter, okay, that heat's gonna rise up there. Hmm. <laughs> you gotta lower. You gotta lower the lamps that are at the very, very top for sure. Yeah. But wait, yeah. you don't. So are you just playing? See now, there's you know, not not to not to call you out or anything. Are you just playing like a the the balance game because of you know this is the temperatures that are here with these bulbs and then obviously as you get higher you use less wattage, right? Um, are you doing that and then just calling it a day or does every cage have a thermostat? No, 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 not every cage. No cages have thermostats right now. Um, I go around with a temp gun. I just got that little govi for the ambient and the ambient humidity and temperature in the middle of the room. Everything else I've been checking. What about uh, what is so your whole room is you're expecting your whole room to manage it then, right? So, yeah. So upstairs, um, I have the heating and air unit set to uh, 77 degrees upstairs. So. That has its own air conditioner, basically, and its own humidifier up there that I'm just filling up to keep. Lamps are on at that time, too, right? Lamps are on. Now, the first time um, over this last heat wave, I actually turned the lights. I went in and turned the lights off at night. Um, And then I'm kicking them back on in the morning. And this is what I want to do with a a smart plug is be able to do that from my phone. Now, downstairs with the Australian stuff, like the snakes don't have any heat on right now. Because uh, the ambience in the daytime, so yeah, yeah, it goes from about seventy-five during the coldest to about uh, eighty-eight degrees right now over this little heat wave. So, but then it drops back down. It only stays eighty-eight because mm-hmm. there's a time where like the the warehouse is catching up to what it yeah. is outside. So it can be a five-degree difference, and then there's about an hour where it equalizes. But it's usually towards the end of the evening or end of the afternoon into the evening. And then it, it only stays up there for about an hour and a half. And then it starts coming back down. Um, so right now. Huh? No, no, go ahead. Oh, right now. I know how that acts. And I don't. Um, I'm not doing much for it right now. The In the monitor cages, all the Australian stuff, I just leave on and running. And yeah. they. They really don't care. Um, the only thing is I do have to up their food because they will burn. Th- I mean, yeah. I can feed them. If I only feed them a couple roaches. Um, no, nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. They've got folds on the sides when I walk in the next day. Yeah. So uh, to keep them that hot, yeah, you got to feed a lot. That's where kind of that old saying comes from. So, you know, yeah. I could back that off, turn off the lights or have it set up where they turn off and control, nothing. you know, that a little bit. But um that's kind I of how things a, are right now. I have a thermostat in that controls for sure the tops, right? Yeah. So the, the okay, my right now for the weather that's going to be anything above like in the 80s, 90s and definitely anything hotter, right? The AC is on. So the AC is basically keeping the balance of I'd say high 70s, maybe low 80s on the floor, right? Mhm. Um and that's that's okay for me. I, that's you know, like at the lower level. But then, in the reptile room at the very top, it can be ninety degrees, yeah, right, at least. And so, um, what I do is uh, because some of the lamps are on, and then the monitors are also, um, you know, doing their thing, and um, it's hot as well, even with the AC on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
because it's not in the it's not the AC isn't in the reptile room. It's in the house, and you know it's just cooling a part of the house that leads into the reptile room. Gotcha. And so, um, the reptile room is still quite hot. If you were to go to the very far back corner and go to the very top, you'll be start you'll, you'll start sweating. You know, um, and so those cages up there have a thermostat, and then I have the probe right next to the heat lamp, and then. It, it depends, I guess. I have them right next to the heat lamp, so sometimes when I have this set to like 105 or 110, it shuts off. But I've been testing it now where I actually have it on the cooler side, and I, it's it has to stay over there. like It's like fastened to the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, then try to only have that go up to like about 85, 90. Now, that one is tricky because if it, it it'll reach that temperature all the time and basically stay off. So what I do now is because I don't want them to always be off. I use them on the hot side, kind of play a, you know, devil's, I guess, what is that? Devil's advocate, right? Devil's advocate, right? Where I'm kind of just wavering at what's almost too hot, and then the lamp turns off. Um, That way they still get to bask and everything like that, and there is fractions of the lamp on more. It's just... Yeah, it's just not a whole thing, especially when it's really hot, like right now, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that those cages, like, that cage is on right now, um, but all the cages on the bottom are, are off until the nighttime. And that's because if all the lamps were on at nighttime, that cage would be extremely hot yeah. all the time. So, yeah, yeah, I got to let that cage cool off. And it's a, it's a, it's a balance. Um, there's co- other cages that are on the floor still, and... Um, the floor keeps them cooler during right. this time of the year, right? Um, and then the lamps are on. And it's kind of baking. I turned it off during the last couple of days just because there's no need for it to be while it's 100 degrees. But, um, you know, when it gets back to the 60s and 70s, like it's supposed to, I don't right. know if the weather, it's supposed to go back down to 60s and 70s. Yeah, things got to uh, change again. <laughs> got to change again, guys. And so you got to pay attention to that again. Um and uh, make sure you're on your toes with that, especially if you live in a hot state or a state that's very finicky with temperature. Um, you know, like Texas is another one. There's a few. There's a few, you know. Right. Um, yeah. So this is where if you have the ability, like a lot of people, maybe you just keep things in your, your house. And so um, maybe it doesn't affect you too much because essentially you can control your house the same way. Now, if your thermostat's in another room, you set up the rest of the house for 72 degrees. Maybe your reptile room is, you know, 80 degrees as an ambient just because there's so much in there. But um, um, it, it is nice when you have it set up in that your that room specifically because you can, even if you're using the same temperature uh, or the same wattage bulbs, you know about what range you're going to be in as long as you crank that, you know, that AC yeah. up to filter in that, that cool air and whatnot. So, um, yeah, be aware of those things, just like Kai was saying, because, yeah, you know, a a 40 degree temperature swing. I think there's a day up here. I don't know how it's going to be down there in Southern California, but I think uh, up here, you know, let's see. Yeah, we're going to be down into like 61 degrees on Monday and 80 percent rain, you know, from 90 degrees to 61 degrees. (laughs) Yeah. Now, see, my weather has changed a little bit again, so. It was saying 68 degrees, but on Tuesday, which was that day, uh, it's now saying 71, 72. But still, that's roughly what this in the same range. It's not extra warm at all. It is a nice day, but it's you know it's not 
like toasty or extra hot where you have to worry about the temperature kind of right. going haywire on you. So, I mean, I like those consistent temperatures because then I can play with it. But dang, if it's going to do this quite so often, it just kind of throws everything off a little bit, you know? It absolutely does. Yeah, it, it's a trip, man. Um, let's see. On a, on another note, I, I've been trying very hard to get the uh, the – sand monitors in different pairs basically so there's the two like red-eyed animals right i've tried to put those two together they've lived together for a while no action now i try to then pair up separate the two pure animals to pair up with the the crosses the you know like we have for the most part in the u.s right now um, to make more pure animals and just to see if their behaviors would change or whatnot. I even have um, put the two females together, the two males together, <coughs> and then um, switch them back up. I've put in a trio together. Uh, I've even watched two males in with a female to just get a range of what their behaviors are and to watch them. Um, but unfortunately, it seems like the older two animals just don't really have any interest in any kind of reproduction. So I'm hoping that changes. But um, at this point, I think I'm just going to put the, the crosses back together, which I know um, it, it, their behavior, as soon as I put the crosses back together, their behavior instantly is like, all right, we're a pair, like a bonded pair. We're going to get at it. Uh, the way the male treats the female, even the female, the way she treats that male. It, you can just tell those two um, are about each other. You know, that's the best way I can describe it. Um, so sure enough, it looks like she's already starting to swell up just because he's around. Um, but it's unfortunate, you know, I'm going to keep trying with those pure pair to, to work them in. Now I'm thinking, well, maybe hold on to some babies out of a future clutch from the crosses see if I can introduce them early, maybe when they're real eager to reproduce and breed, maybe I can get something going with the older animals. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I really would like to keep those around in the U.S., but I don't know if it's going to be a possibility. So it's kind of kind of heartbreaking, but at the same time, um, you know, I, I put those two crosses back together and they want to go. So I think I'm going to let them go for a few clutches and um, – and you know really get some more of those babies out there because i don't know if you've seen um there's shane up at evergreen uh he's got two babies for me and the the one from the first clutch that was really darker contrasted animal yeah. oh my god that thing i knew it was gonna look good and um I'll just put it out of there here. So a lot of times we like the babies that look like um, they don't, they're almost like patternless or they have a lot of red as a baby. It's like a almost patterns fused together. Yeah. It's like a burgundy color. I mean, they look stunning as babies. And then you get one that has some obvious contrast in, in darker colors and bands in it and not so much of that burgundy pigment on the back, but I knew this one was going to look amazing. And I remember telling Shane like, um, Hey, this one's going to – you're going to want this one. This is what I personally like in animals and what I've liked in the past from the, um, the original crosses and whatnot. And, man, that thing has turned into just a freaking amazing animal. So it's got these 
these black contrasting lines throughout, but then it has those uh, those yellows, those like neon greens, and then outlining those neon greens, it has that red like reddish yeah. orange outline. Oh my god. Uh, just dying for that animal, uh, dying for that more th- that look like that and that kind of look. And but throughout a clutch, they vary so much. So I had one that animal on one end, and then on the other end, there was an animal that was you know basically just that burgundy back with a few spots and stuff, and and not much other pattern. But now he has he has two of those animals. So one's an adult, so it's going to keep that coloration. As the other one grows, I'm going to be interested to see how you know how much variation as adults does that really kind of reddish burgundy back on a baby with not much pattern does that translate to that as an adult or does that translate into more just your regular like tan brown as an you know to kind of get a better sense of um what babies translate into as adults um but i want to play around with more babies, you know, for, for me looking at the mangrove stuff, it's the black background with yellow spots when they're babies, right? Almost, uh-huh. almost all the species, Dorianus, uh, peach throats, right? Mangroves, just they end, they, they start off melanous, another one, right? The black background with the little yellow, yellow spots, right? Now, for the indicus, the mangroves, um, the, the yellow becomes the sheen of the animal right overall Mm kind of look but what comes underneath the blues and the greens that's when the black separates and the yellow also fragments as well those ocelite are kind of there still but just broken up you can tell right and so um the color that comes underneath is what normally the animal is going to look like as like as the main color it's not not the not the iridescent sheen that that, that that glows as well but it's like this let's say it's blue that comes up the animal's going to be majority blue you know yeah. and, and those yellow spots are the the actual spots are there but then that color is just spread out over the whole animal and then it's it's not like it's spotted everywhere but it's just the sheen of color it's, now it's now it's a a matrix silver blue with a yellow glow you know, that's, that's what yeah. mine have. Yeah. Very, yeah, it's, pretty, very pretty. Yeah. It's fun. It's, even in Aki's now that I'm seeing, like, got my hands on more baby Aki's, I'm starting to develop kind of what I'm expecting out of different pairings and the ones out of those pairings that maybe if I'm going to keep something back, the ones that I want to hold back. But that being said, even now they'll surprise me sometimes it's like a, a new shed and all of a sudden this Aki that looked drab the whole time, you know, <laughs> comes out looking like a fireball. I'm like, what, what happened to you? Talk about a little glow up, you know? So um, I'm learning a lot. It's so it's like, you can kind of count on one thing, but mm, I would say like 65%. Okay. It's probably going to turn out how you, how you think it's going to look, but every once in a while, you're just going to have something that throws you, you know, or, like those, um, the well, some that follow after my original male that just kind of turned that like, not quite black and white, but like gray and bright. I don't even know. Like the red is gone, you know. Yeah. And, um, and and on a spectrum of color, when you're looking at like the whole thing, right? You know, when you're, it's not really the color. It's like 
red and pink and orange and all that fade out into each other and in red yeah. even becomes brown yeah and so yeah yeah it's uh it's like maturity of the color or something yeah so, yeah you watch it grow and it's like the the one one pigment is eating away at the other pigment over time um and those man those dorianis are trip um they keep changing i they're kind of surprising me and at some point i want them to stop changing because i really like how they look but then another month goes by and i'm like oh my god well that's that's kind of awesome too um so it's like the the back almost the the darker pigment on the back along the spine it's like it disappeared for a second you know and it was just kind of this like motley gray and the yellow spots but now the black's coming back but it's kind of in a different way i don't know i'm just gonna hold on and and see how they turn out but it's it's definitely fun um i'm really excited about that one i think they're gonna go into one of the big walk-in cages i gotta switch some things around um but I think the Dorianists are going to go in there, but with a, a separation. So two different basking spots in one of the walking cages. Um, whichever one's nicer to me will be on the door side. <laughs> and then whichever one's not as nice will be back behind the, the metal, you know, division. Um, and I think that's the approach I'm going to have. So kind of take that same concept that you've been using in that walking cage so they can always see each other, always be around each other, but yeah. um, definitely use something where they can, you know, maybe get a toe through, but nothing more than uh, right. that. For yeah, them. I, use, I use that separation thing for a lot now. I use it obviously to part them and make sure when the female's laying, I can separate the male. But now it's just, oh, okay, you're an annoying eater, bro. You're gonna steal it from her and. She's gonna bite you back, dude. Okay, I had them. I had a male grab a female by like this area, right? Almost yeah. like by here, right? And it was a barely, a barely abrasion, but because it was really pink, you could see his his the jaw lining and everything like that. But it wasn't bleeding. And then she goes around when he has food and bites her, bites him like right here. And so yeah. his the top of his nose is basically a little bit bleeding. You can see where she gripped him, right? And it's just they're fine now. They're just, they're cuddling. Uh, you know, so it's like, why? And so I have them separated. Um, and uh, when that's when it's feeding time, mostly for sure. Now it's like a great tool to have less, less friction, less headache. I can just put food here, put food here. Remember, in a couple hours, once they're done eating, I'll, I'll switch the, the latch and let them go back, you know. But yeah, it's a it's a whole, a whole ass effort. <laughs> oh yeah that's good that's gonna be what has to happen though i get, i knew it was gonna happen at some point i would have to do more because of this dorianus project that's why i was initially like oh well, 2023 sounds like a great plan for that and uh maybe i jumped in a little early but at this point gotta get it done so yeah man They'll, it's it'd be it'd be great to utilize it you know i mean it's kind of a, a both thing where they should be raised together when they're young. And then if you have issues as they're growing, you kind of separate them because they're going to reach yeah. adolescent and the sub-adult, basically almost sexual maturity stage, right? Yeah. Um, so they'll go through different motions, want to kind of test uh, themselves out, you know, see how, see how everything is and how dominant another animal is or who controls this area or if they're just fighting for resources like food and water or right or you know um basking area or something like that which they will 
Um, and so, you know, you want to basically kind of be on top of that and try to eliminate that. And that's what helps out a lot when you have your cage barrier and you're, you know, a year in, two years in, and they're now sexually mature, no longer friendly like they were before. Right. That, that, that thing will really help. Now, the relationship's not over. It's just you got to be more careful now. You know, they got to be separated or else you may end up losing one. Um, people talk about it all the time, even if it's not talked about all the time. It, we know it's it happens and it, it's still a common case. Um, yeah, people don't always want to say, but we know, you know, when they bring it up randomly or it's like you ask them about it later. It's like, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I lost this female because of this and this. And I mean, I've had, I've been in the same case. Not an animal killing another animal, but I've lost females. And it's like, uh, I don't want to even talk about it. <laughs> Lord knows I have. <laughs> I'm, I'm still not talking to you guys about some of the stuff that happened. Kai knows, but I can't bring myself yet. It still hurts. It still oh, hurts so bad. Um, in the future. <laughs> in, in the future. Maybe next year I'll be ready to talk about it. I want to be as open as I can, but man, it stinks too bad. And hey, it happens. But um, um, yeah, oh, man, my heart, my heart's not ready. Um, yeah, man, we're about an hour thirty minutes. Anything you're changing up? Going um, yeah, I gotta, trying to keep the baby Kimberleys a lot better, more like a already set up, set up rather than yeah. just putting something together having humidity spike too much and so yeah it's uh so i have this large exoterra or mediumish exoterra kind of um and uh i just have it where it ventilates a lot but i have good moisture development within the enclosure to keep them from drying out so that was my issues before where dang are you guys too dry you're like you know you're i don't want you to lose your toes and tails and I have to soak them because it's obviously not coming off. So they should basically kind of not peel off, but as they're doing their normal get up, it fluffs off. Right. Right. And, um, yeah. So, you know, there's that issue. And then also the, the, the foot bumble with this last clutch, man, sucked. Or you know, it's, you just question your keeping, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, I thought I was doing the right thing. They were fine. It's just humidity spikes because I spilled the water. Freak. Right. I'm in the same boat as that is, and I I know I shared them with you. So I had my baby set up a certain way, and initially I decided to use very low wattage halogen, like 25 watt bulbs, with very restricted ventilation. Well, it works if I'm on top of it and keep everything perfect, right? Yeah. If I don't, if like that that one uh, clutch that I was raising up where the cage under it the lights were turned off and that heat wasn't radiating up. It threw off the whole cage above it. Um, I had now condensation all over the place and it caused some issues with that clutch. And so for me, that's too much of a risk to take just in case I can't be on top of it all the time or work or life. But with more ventilation, like you said, like the exoterras, I added, I added some screen vents to those baby raise ups because um, for me, it's a lot safer to have too much ventilation. Um, too much ventilation, I can still catch in yeah, a week. You can, you can plug it back up. You can. Yeah. I, I uh, slap some cardboard over it, tape it back up, or you know something like that. Or even if it's inside a heavy duty thing, and you just get a, a a plate and stick it back up if you're losing a lot of heat. 
or right. Humidity. Yeah. Well, and now I have those those room humidifiers, so I can keep the gen or the ambient humidity up, and which allows me to keep more ventilation on the cages, and understand that the the it's not like there's a fan inside the cage, so there is some airflow, but it's not like I'm blowing a fan right into the cage where there's you know sucking out all that in in that way but the the dirt gets to stay a lot more dry on top um now as you go down a little bit um of course as we've talked about you have some more moisture in there and i'm going to be now that i have these vents on there i'm going to be stocking up on the leaf litter a lot more because that stuff really does work good um but for all the babies because when i would bring babies home i had no problems in an exo the babies at the warehouse that I had in Exos, I had no problems whatsoever. I mean, you could almost look at them, even if they're on dirt, they were clean all the time. Um, the, the shed seemed to come right off. Um, so, and you, I didn't have any, we're talking like Kimberly's and, and Tristus babies. I had no toe problems. I had no tail problems. And these things have really, you know, thin little, little toes and tails. Um, but with these other tubs, the Ackies did fine. Um, but as soon as I had that, that one incident, you know, um, I started noticing some other things and noticing, thinking back, like sometimes the, the wet dirt would clump to their toe. So I pick them up, putting them in a bucket of water, kind of wash it off and break up that clump, uh, on their toes. And that could be dangerous because just like skin can constrict on the toes, that clump of dirt can constrict on those toes. Um, so just not a problem I wanted to. So I'm making that adjustment going forward into this year, more higher room ambient. I'm not talking crazy. I'm aiming for about 35% ambient room humidity for downstairs, um, with more ventilation and then to keep the dirt, um, a little more moist in those, those different situations, um, um, where the, with the top being dry. That's important. So you don't get the bumblefoot like we've been talking about. Uh, you don't get some other issues. That top needs to be dry. Um, what else going forward, man? I think it's some of it's always on the fly. I don't even know. Adding more of the smart stuff now that I have like actual Wi-Fi in the in the in the warehouse, seeing how that does for me. Um, so and I'll share with you guys how that works out, whether it's easy or not. Um, hopefully I can get a hold of i think i don't want to say too much because i don't know too much but i think ryan's system instead of like um so on this govi app and on these wise cameras i have to have a different app for everything on ryan's system i believe it's just all one app so you can go in and control everything conveniently from there um so but i'm still waiting to see the products and, and try them out but it could you know uh the one thing is you know with some of these you, you run into subscription issues so make sure which one you're buying um, beforehand, look at their app, look at their, their subscription issues, if that's something you want or not. Um, because you know, I can understand how that could get expensive. Like on these wise cameras, I think it's two bucks to stream to the cloud and save it on a cloud, but it's two bucks for every camera a month. So that could get rather expensive. If you have 10 cameras, um, that's 20 bucks, 20 bucks per month over the year, it get a little expensive. So Make sure you check into those things before you, you purchase any of those. Um, gosh, what else? Oh, the, the Timor eggs. I think I have one for sure that's going to stay good. Nice, one, man. One that's iffy and one that's it didn't dent or anything. It just started molding. 
I've been wiping the mold off. I can still see veins inside, but it's a battle I'm losing. It's just the entire eggs now encased in, in this mold. Um, I don't know what happened there. Uh, the veins look good inside. And then the, the other egg, um, it started denting and it hasn't filled back out. Now it still has great looking veins, no mold on it, anything like that. Um, but some, some denting going on, it's not filling back out. Uh, and then the other one looks perfect. So let's go team horse. I just give me one. I just need to hatch one. I want two if I can. Um, but you know, hopefully it'll improve as I get these things more locked on and, uh, figure yeah. them out. So gonna wait for my stuff to i'm just waiting for these coli pairs to go i have stuff sitting around and that other male that i'm acclimating so he'll actually be a third male then i'll have four different male mangroves types going at once so yeah well jody and athena do their thing i'm not really pushing for like a, a, you know a ton out of them or anything like that if they if they breed they breed if they don't they don't i'm kind of really focused and my main big enclosures are for the the coli right now and I have 75 percenters going that would be the re resulting babies. And then I have peers that are paired together as well right now. Um, and so, yeah, man, fingers crossed, fingers crossed on, on something maybe this year, the, the male 75 percenter, or he's only 50%, but the babies will be 75%. Um, the male that I have, he, he's just coming in about two to three years old now. So he's not, I don't know if he was, if I maybe he's not, old enough or just getting into maturity to breed um but yeah man i'm waiting for waiting for him to hit like three years old coming soon um and maybe he'll go you know yeah maybe he'll go. i think yeah i think i hatched that one out in 2000 2020 or 2021 i forget i don't know when do we have the pandemic start 2020 yeah march yeah. kind of march 2020 yeah that's when i hatched out the coli um what do you call it? The mutts. <laughs> the mutts yeah. Um, on, a, on a side note, I had a conversation with a Python guy about some stuff. Um, I'm going to start saving the kind of that residual egg yolk when the babies hatch for the monitors, um, possibly the eggs too, but try to freeze the, the egg yolk that I can that comes out of there and um see if i can save it see if i can what it's like when i when i reheat it or bring it back up to room temperature if it's usable um to try to set possible food items for some of these like pygmy pythons or these anteresia that are notoriously hard to get started for uh feeding so while not directly monitor related it's uh using their their sense that eggshell because uh i think that's a natural well, I think they're, they're natural predators of each other, both the like something like an Aki and a pygmy python out in the wild. So, um, you know, where uh, baby Aki might be a meal for an adult pygmy and uh, um, a small pygmy python might be a meal for, for an Aki. So kind of interesting. It might be something fun to play around and I'll let you guys know how it works. But, um, you know, having a diverse collection, you get these little weird ideas and stuff and uh See how that have some fun with it. Might as well. Um, yeah, man. I think this is our our one year. I think uh, we're both kind of the same mindset. We got a couple guests we've talked about. Um, so much going on, man. <laughs> Agreed. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think we're going to have some guests on for you guys soon. Uh, cover some, some other species, uh, specific episodes. Uh, I know you guys really liked, uh, the Rudy episode. Um, so maybe some more on that. Um, as well as, uh, you know, some of my favorite episodes that we've done. Um, I'd like to retouch maybe on those guests again. Not that we haven't had any bad guests. Um, but we've had some some interruptions sometimes. We've had some equipment not work or, you know, it just the audio wasn't good. Um, so to 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 get those guys back on and share some of that information, uh, lost a couple whole episodes with people. Um, that's unfortunate, but we're learning more about that and how it happens and, and things we can do. So hopefully this next year of podcast for us will be a lot better, more consistent with that. Um, and then yeah. – we. We weren't. We won't be scrambling for you know no podcast for three weeks, four weeks because we you know that episode didn't record right or whatever. Um, what else? I, don't know. I think I think you guys are you guys will love it when we when we uh, you know actually drop an episode. So maybe the worth it the, the waits might be worth it. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're just getting you know. As we come into stuff to talk about and what we have going on, don't don't get me wrong. It's just with people's schedules and you know stuff now. I mean, basically, my my lady is using the computer for most of the day because of school too. So during most of the week, it's kind of tough for me to want to record. Um, you know, unless like she ends early and then you know, so that's rare. Um, yeah. So the weekends is where we where we're at, and we got to make time on the weekend, and then. Some guests are not always available, even if true going to be on. You know, they have um, their lives too. Yeah, they. It's that's the thing is uh, when you're kind of dealing with monitors and a lot of time guys we talk to, they have a lot. So it's like, yeah. all right, let me try to fit in this hour before lunch or before dinner or something like that, and then they got to you know kind of get to their day um, because it's just so much to do on top of your normal life. We don't want to drop that because you have to take care of that too. Yeah. We're not like these snake guys. <laughs> I like infecting their collections with, with some monitors and uh, bringing them into, into the suck a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, man. Okay. Let's get to it. Kai, Kai, uh, we should touch on this. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, you're able to find me on uh, Facebook at Mangrove Mecca. You should just be able to look up uh, Mangrove and M-E-C-C-A. Um, you'll be able to find me on my personal page. I'm not really going to strict people from that, but I'm trying to tr- move towards having a lot of uh, monitor-related stuff onto the Mangrove Mecca page. Um, so if you guys are looking for another page to follow, voila. Right? <laughs> um, I'm also on Instagram under uh, big underscore lizard 103 um and i'm on youtube under mangrove mecca as well um man there's quite a few places to find me you can find me on california grasshopper now too i just realized so many places you can kind of find me so yeah you can go through allen um you can go through npr so yeah i'm just available almost anywhere but if you want to just message me kind of directly my facebook i'm pretty responsive um yeah what about you man uh, you can find me on Facebook at Origins Reptile. Um, I've said it before, but I'll say it again because I'm afraid I might be offending some people out there. If you 
look me up under Alan Stevens. Yes, I have my my personal Facebook page on there. But unless we've like personally met, you've spent time with my family or me with yours, I'm probably not going to accept the request. And it's just to keep a little bit of myself separate from the, the reptile yeah. stuff. Because, you know, my wife, unfortunately, she doesn't want to hear about reptiles all the time. Believe it or not, it's a crazy thing. You know, and I'm posting pictures of my kids doing kid stuff and growing up and stuff, um, having conversations with family members and whatnot. So I keep that private um, for the most part. And then uh, on Instagram, you can follow me at origins underscore reptile. Um, I'm really want to maybe this spring and summer get some some youtube videos out for you guys to see some of the stuff like have more of a look into the collection a little bit um but of course that's more time and everything and i've, I've got all the animals and everything so I, as much as i want to make it happen and i want to make it happen in that timeline and share it with you guys sometimes it's just hard sometimes i just have enough time to care for the animals in a day and you know get back home and get to bed before work in the morning um, but I'd like to get that out there. Uh, as far as the um, show itself, we're under the Morelia Python Radio Network. And big thank you to Eric um, for all that he's done for us, for for helping us, two guys that just wanted to talk about monitors, you know, um, giving us a chance and kind of under their guidance, under his guidance and help for getting us out there, for putting us out there. So when um, we don't post these shows ourselves, this is Eric that posts them for us. That does some of the edi- editing, the music, the the intro. That's all Eric that did that stuff for us to help us along, um, putting us on his website. And uh, what the heck is that, man? Is that a triceratops? Uh, it's a brachiosaurus. Uh, I think so. I don't know. It's actually a triceratops. Yeah, it it's is. Triceratops. <laughs> It's a dino nuggets. She's a keeper. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I lost where I was, but anyways, big thank you for making this happen. Uh, hopefully we can bring you guys another year of some, some good content and some um, better stuff. I will say over this next year, one thing I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be keeping a lot better records on my animals, um, write down how many days from witness copulation, especially hopefully with the, the help of cameras and whatnot, to egg laying, to the babies hatching, temperatures they're hatching at for the different species, uh, temperatures I'm keeping them at, and get. I'm just going to start recording a lot more data. Um, and hopefully that will be worth something in the future as I start to build upon it and looking back at, to um, – you know, just over, uh, let's say two, three years. And maybe I can pull some, something helpful from all that, uh, between all the species. So, um, but anyways, I'm, I'm rambling, uh, go on to moreliapythonradio.com. You can find all the information, not only about our show, but you can also find all the podcasts that they're bringing to you. Um, there's several and, uh, some new ones even that came out, even though Eric's like, um, getting a little busy. I need to stop. (laughs) <laughs> he doesn't he keeps going he presses in a little more and it's to bring you guys some great information so if you're wondering about another type of reptile outside of varanids go look into those or on some of the other ones the australian uh um uh, stuff. oh yeah yeah 
they get into talking about not only monitors, but other things. Uh, the field herping stuff is always exciting. Some of these guys are just characters. It's funny to listen to them. It's entertaining. So uh, you can also go find them. Uh, if you need to get a hold of them, it's info at MoreliaPythonRadio.com to ask questions about our show, anything else. You can message us directly, of course. Uh, you can find them Morelia Python Radio on Instagram and on Facebook um, and at the NPR Network. So look them up, give them a follow, give them a like, because um, they're doing a lot of work and you know, I basically for free to bring all this stuff to you guys. So, uh, well, we say for free to all of us on the receiving end, not so free for Eric. So, um, thank you, you Eric. Know, yeah. Thank you for all that you're doing. Go buy something off of their, their store over there. Go become a Patreon, go try to kick in money somehow. And, uh, Eric's a really nice guy, really humble guy and very generous with what he does. So, uh, if you ask him directly, you know, he's probably going to not let you, um, but go, go support them and, and buy some of the NPR calendars that they put out. Um, you know, so you can have a reptile calendar with some great photos hanging on your wall. Maybe we should get a, uh, a monitor calendar hanging up here. Kai the, brought yeah. to you by Mongrove Mecca. <laughs> put it all on you. <laughs> I need some more stuff. <laughs> some more to do. Um, but yeah, thank you guys very much for listening. Thank you for being with us over a year of uh, recorded episodes and giving us feedback, being a part of this. Um, the one thing I will, I guess I'll say, uh, don't be afraid to ask us questions. No matter, you know, I can't get to everybody. Unfortunately, it's getting to that point where there's a lot of questions asked. But yeah. don't be afraid to reach out to us and throw that question out there. Sometimes uh, we don't finish a topic because of time or we'll, right. we'll go on to something else and you wanted to know more about it. Um, feel free to message us. Yeah. And sometimes I don't even know, like uh, I, there's a, there's ways that people message me and I have to accept it like on IG, but it says it's like hidden somehow. It's like a pending. Do you want to accept this message? I don't know why it doesn't come straight through sometimes, but uh, it gets a little confusing. You're either private or you're not friends with them. Um, they've made it a little bit more restrictive, harder, restricted. Yeah. Okay. So I noticed that sometimes and then I'll get on there and it's like, you messaged me three months ago. I don't mean anything by not getting back to you. I just didn't even know how to look yeah, into on it. Facebook. There's like three, there's your normal messenger. And then if you're not friends and you don't have too much relation, they will put you in a spam and there's a spam that you don't want to read and you've just ignored. Okay. I have a lot of those. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We don't mean anything by it. Um, maybe, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's click like, that like button. Huh? Someone's Follow. like, uh, so, someone's like uh, I messaged you. I'm like, oh, you didn't. And then at, at the time, I didn't know that there was these secret spam things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I found a couple of those. Or, uh, you know, we'll get five questions in, a, in an hour sometimes from different people and sometimes i'll lose track because i'll be riding around at work doing different things and i'll make the mental note to get back to you and what it was kind of about but then i don't know i don't remember which person asked which question so forgive me i'm only one person but i do want to help so still try to message me if i don't get right back to you maybe message me again um some things i can't help some things i uh, I've had some questions where people are asking my general opinion, um, but I haven't kept that species. Um, I maybe give some general guidelines, but I, I don't work with that. Uh, 
So I, but I'll do my best or try to point you in the right direction. Okay. But there's a lot of information out there. Try to get a hold of the good information. Uh, look around, spend some time. If you're listening to this in advance, in advance, before you own an animal, definitely do the research first. Um, because afterwards it's just kind of like a, a shit storm yeah. sometime to, right. you know, um, get yourself to put corrected. It, to, put it, to put it simply, it's a very stressful. Yeah. Stressful on you, stressful on the animal, maybe stressful on your pocketbook if you weren't all the way ready for it. So um, those different things. Um, but yeah, reach out to us. Some people are a little shy to ask a question sometimes because the Facebook pages or whatnot will beat you up if you don't, you know, have a certain species of bromeliad growing out of the cork wall that, you know, in 80% humidity, blah, 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 blah. Um Yes, you can you can ask me a question directly like that. I'll try to steer you in the right direction. What has worked for me? What I've seen work for other people that I know and trust. Um, sorry, there's a lot of bad information out there. I'm not saying I have all the good information, but if you've been on any Facebook page to any degree, you'll see. You know, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Um, yeah. Anything else, Kai? Before we. Uh... Guys over there with a mouthful of nuggets. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting hungry. Yeah, it's been a long, it's been a long day. I've been up since like 3 a.m. So. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. All right, All guys. Right. Have a great, uh, have a great day, and yep. uh, we will see you in the next podcast. <laughs> All right, everybody.